Welcome to the monthly book club call. So I was thinking this morning as I was walking, I, I actually did four miles today. I'm so proud of myself. I used to, it used to kill me to just do a mile and I'm up to four miles. Um, this is what you do when you have extra time. But I was thinking that I started this book club back in uh, 2009 when we all had a lot of time on our hands and we um we had it for a year and then i passed the gavel for year two and then that person passed the gavel for year three and then we disbanded it so in about 12 we stopped doing it and then um about three years ago i had a lot of people say you should start the book club again you should start the book club again so three years ago we started it again i think the first book someone can some one of my uh loyal book club people can remind me but in the chat but i think the first book was never split the difference which was a huge hit and i, I would tell you that when i'm at icscs for sure i have usually three to five people that come up to me and say you know because of you i read never split the difference and i it was recommended to me by daniel duque in orlando and i remember him recommending the book and i'm thinking Okay, I've been, it's a book on negotiations and I'm thinking, I, I, well, I've been negotiating for 30 years. I'm like, am I really going to get something out of this book? Very arrogant. And literally I was on an airplane. I remember I, I was on the fourth page and I had already gotten like four things. And I remember taking a picture saying, okay, page, I'm four pages in and I've learned a million things. And it is by far since we've been doing this, I think we started in, I guess, 18. It's the one book that everyone absolutely loves. So if you have not read Never Split the Difference, I highly recommend it. And then go back and listen all of the book clubs, all of the book club recordings since, I, I think we still have them from 09, maybe not, but definitely all of them from 18, 19, and 20 are all on either my website on Anchor and which is an, a podcast app or um youtube so like uh we did crush it with gary vaynerchuk and i got gary to pop in the call we did a 10x rule and we got grant cardone to pop in the call we did um we did fanatical prospecting and got jeb blunt to, to pop on the call uh, we did my two books so uh definitely if you want if you have time on your hands and you're looking for just like cliff notes of some books and what we do and you'll see today is what we do is we take the book and we apply it to us in commercial real estate how does this apply or how is this applicable to us in commercial real estate so um hey greg so uh greg parsons from brookfield is my number one fan on the book club, right I, have you ever missed one um it's been a couple but well last one i make i missed because we were on vacation so yes i've i won't say 100 percent. okay and did you read this book how to win friends and influence people i mean have, let me ask you this did you read it for this call or did you read it 20 years ago um i read it like partially 20 years ago and then mostly mostly just revising for the call um it, it's one of those books where it, it should be taught whether it be in school or it should be one of the first things you are reading as you get into the business world it's it's kind of like your bible a hundred percent i mean i read it my dad was a huge reader and a huge listener to audio tapes like the little cassette player and stuff in the car and um he had this one and think and grow rich like those were his two bibles and he was in sales as well and i remember reading it like young 16 17 18 and then i remember reading it again when i first got into commercial real estate but i hadn't picked it up it's in probably 30 you know 30 years now and um, this year, I promised a bunch of you guys at the end, we did a survey for the for the loyal, the people that have been involved for a couple of years. And I, I did a survey of, you know, what books do we want to do? And a lot of people wanted some of the more traditional, 
older, old school books, and this was one of the ones. So, um, so let's jump in. Greg, I'm going to have you co-host this. And I, Barry, are you on the call too, Barry Wolf? I think I, I am. I am. Can you hear me? Yes. Did you ever read the book? I did, and I did the Dale Carnegie class, but it's been 20 years ago. I did the Dale Carnegie class when I was thinking of getting into sales, and I, I knew nothing about sales, so I knew I needed So I looked and did some research and came across this Dale Carnegie class. I'd never read his book, and there they gave us the book. I read the book, and um, so yes, I, but it's been a long time, and my, my copy of the book is at my office, so I don't have it with me. It's all highlighted and marked up a ton, but it's, I don't have it. Well, when was the last time you looked at the book? It's funny. Well, it's a two, and I can't remember the second. It's two books and one, the one I have, and it's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it's a sec, another one of his books. And I can't remember what the second book is. Um, and I took it out to start you know, kind of skimming through it again the beginning of this year with the intention of like reading a couple of pages a day. And I, I can't say I stuck to that, but I need to go back and do that. Just, yeah. It's a Like you said, it's a classic and it's still – I don't know what year it was written, but a long decades ago, and at every point of it is still like it could have been written yesterday. Yeah, I was uh, on my walk this morning trying to. Uh, the last three days, I've been trying to finish the book. <laughs> every every moment when I'm not on doing a webinar or I'm not doing something, I'm trying to get in another 15 minutes. So today, I was just, you know I got up early and I went up for my walk earlier than normal, and I'm just trying to finish the book. And um, but I kept having to stop on my walk because I had to I kept making notes of what I was listening to and my headphones and what I wanted to talk about because it, 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 it just got ridiculous because I'm thinking, you know, I just need to stop this because I'm never going to finish my walk. But um, I want to start with a quote that I think is so relative to our industry. And I, I, I have probably talked about this at least 20 times this week with leasing agents, at least 20, if not more. Um, and here's the quote in the book. He's, he says, personally, I'm very fond of strawberries and cream, which by the way, <laughs> I love strawberries and cream, but I have found that for some strange reason, fish prefer worms. So when I went fishing, I didn't think about what I wanted. I thought about what they wanted. I didn't bait the hook with strawberries and cream, Rather, I dangled a worm or grasshopper in front of the fish and said, wouldn't you like to have that? Why not use the same common sense when fishing for people? So, um, you know, there's a lot going on now in our world. And I'm talking to a lot of leasing agents who are calling me or writing me or, you know, or the young people that are on our freshman call. And, and you know, we're all trying to sell something. We're either trying to get a prospect interested in a space. We might be trying to get a new job. So we're, you know, fishing for a new employer, um, new listings. I'm counseling a lot of people on new listings. And I keep having, people are, keep saying, so, okay, so I sent my um, letter or I sent the resume or I sent the flyer. So when can I follow up? And that is like a consistent message. So when can I follow up? And, uh, and I always respond with, well, what additional thing of value do you have to add? And then there's silence. And, you know, people are saying, well, I said, so if all you're going to do is send an email saying, checking in, following up or circling back, that's annoying, you know, and, and people, well, I don't want to be annoying. Well, that's annoying when we have nothing new to add to value and all we're going to do is ding them until they give us an answer. And when people do that to me, I, I finally just get frustrated and just say no, because I've been too busy. I haven't had time to look at your proposal. And just because you keep bothering me, I'm just going to say no versus someone who adds value. So versus like, I've got two clients who have gone out and in their markets looked for like, I knew that they had had done their market survey, market study, knew which uh, shopping centers were maybe owned and managed by them, the family, the owner who are now absentee owners and can't travel to the asset. 
and go to visit those properties, take pictures, send them to the owner and say, hey, just wanted to let you know down here, you know, I'm down here in Charlotte and I know you're in Boston. And I, I just thought, you know, I'm not sure if you have a vendor or a tenant that's giving you reports on your property, but you know, here you go. Um, this, this is what I saw when I drove through the market last week. And if you need anything, don't forget, I live in Charlotte. I, I have properties in Charlotte, you know, whatever I can do to help you out. So then, so that's all fine and good. That's phenomenal. So, and then, but they're, then they call and go, so now what else do I do? What do I do next? And I, and so my response is always thinking about what Dale Carnegie is saying. What is the value add? What is, what do they need? It's not about what you need. I know what you need and they know what you need. You want the listing, but that's not going to get you the listing. You need to, you need to think about what else can I add to be of value to them and think about them. So uh, Barry and, and Greg, I'm going to shut up. Do you, what do you guys think about that? Greg, I'll let you go. Greg. Greg there. Hold on. Okay, there, there we go. Sorry. Right. Zoom and I are not very good friends, let me tell you. Well, yeah. So, I mean, this is one of those, one of those books where, I mean, you really kind of just, you, you really can't do anything that's in the book um, because it's so elementary. And there is absolutely anything in this book you can apply to not just your business, but to anybody's business. Um, in any industry. And where I, where I think, you know, for us, I think it's, he really plays into the empathy part. And I think what he also plays into is, uh, you know, what I love is, is just this historical context of, um, of just how he applies different instances, you know, to everyday life. You know, he talks about Charles Schwab and he talks about Andrew Carnegie and he talks about, um, you know, those individual figures and kind of how they related, you know, their businesses to, you know, to win friends and influence people. I just, you know, um, that's why I just, I just, I love, that's why I just, I love this, this book just because of it applies to just everything that we do. When you are prospecting for your uh, specialty leasing kiosks, I know you don't call it kiosks. I apologize. What do you call it? Well, I do. Well, I do kiosks. No, you're right. You're right. You know, like I'm just reading this book where they're saying, make sure you get the name right. Make sure you get the acronyms in the business right. Like I don't want to call it. Now I'm all I'm sensitive. Like make sure I'm calling Greg's name right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, but when what value add when you're out prospecting? Can you besides just being like uh, like canvassing or prospecting? What are some of the value adds like? Going, taking into consideration his strawberries and cream versus grasshoppers and worms. What are your grasshoppers and worms? You know, my, my value add that I typically like to do is where a lot of reps in my market, you know, they, they kind of see deal, do deal per se. I'm, I dive in a little bit deeper and to try to understand why the person is looking to do it to why the person is looking to expand or perhaps why it would be a good idea for that person to expand or perhaps look into um either expand or perhaps it might be a better opportunity for them to relocate somewhere else and my the the value that i think we add is we really dive in detail to the business models where very few and then our market do that and I want to make sure that those that I'm working with are having a real understanding of their overall business model that so that we can not only put them in a position for success, but whatever decision that they make in the future is going to be beneficial for their success. Because whether they do business with me or not, I want to make sure that if they're, in, if they're trying to grow their business, they're doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. them down a primrose path be unsuccessful that's a problem and right. it's and it's a problem not just for me but it's a problem for our overall industry and pretty much the reputation of what commercial real estate reps are well how many how many malls do you rep five 
uh, how many malls do you think in your, not Brookfield, I know all the Brookfields are gonna reopen. We're just gonna say that right now. But of the markets that you're in, are you, have you already figured out or considered or predict or, or am thinking that some of your mall competitors may not open or do you think all of your mall competitors will reopen? All the mall competitors in, my, in, my, in Houston will reopen. Um, I, I don't, I think they may reopen in, in it. Yeah, I, I think we, we've had that shakeout from a mall perspective in okay. the last few years of, of malls closing. And, and um, I think it's going to be a different, I think we're going to be more worried about the social distancing part and who our retailers and, and who the quality retailers are going to be, um, you know, where we, we perhaps got, got complacent leasing spaces to certain retailers. I think it's going to come to bite us here very quickly. You know, those that are perhaps not, you know, that, that the cosmetic retailers, your massage retailers, you know, ones that are face constantly. I think those are going to have an issue. And, and I think that's going to make, going to change the complexion of what our malls look like. Okay. Barry, do you have any thoughts about fishing? Like you're, you know, you want to go out and try to get listings to sell, single net deals or multi-tenant shopping centers, what's the value you can give to someone you're trying to get a listing for? What's your, what's your grasshopper or worm that's gonna be- Yeah, ready? I think it's, you gotta give before you can get. I mean, I can't, to get those opportunities, I gotta give first. It's kind of like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, give, give, jab, 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 right hook, and it's give, 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 like you do. I mean, you're, you're giving, you're spending a ton of time giving uh, with, with zero expectation of return right now. Uh, I think it's like that. I mean, I'm actually, while I'm listening to your, uh, to this call, I'm sitting here searching comps for, I was just on a call with a client who, you know, mentioned a deal he's considering developing in a market. I'm taking a couple hours to go research comps to send him that are giving me a value to him and trying to analyze that deal. I do that a lot. So I think it's just trying to, anytime I come across market intel or information that would be valuable to my avatar, I take the time to send it out to either selectively, you know, to, if I came across something that may just be of interest to you, someone university drive in Davie, I'm just going to send that to you. But if I come across something that's a value to kind of quote unquote, my avatar, I've been doing a lot of, I'll send it to three or 400 people, but with an individual email to three or 400 people, uh, following up with a phone call, just to make sure they got it. So I, I do a lot of that of just, you know, collecting information that may be of value to them. And that's kind of the grasshopper. It's just give, and it's not, it's not so much debate on the hook. It's just, you got to give and you know, otherwise they'll, I mean, there's, there's plenty of people that do what I do. I'm not terribly unique. Um, so you got to be the one that's giving them value for them to think of you when they do have an opportunity. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think, I think we, everyone on the call listening, you know, a lot of times what I, what I hear is well, why are you doing all of that for free or, or if, or if I say to them, do the market study and send it. Well, I should send the market study before I get the listing. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. You, you know, absolutely send it before. Well, then what if they send it to their existing listing agents? I go, well, you know, maybe they will, but it's not like there are no secrets. Like, so you're not giving them some secret sauce. It's, you're just compiling the information. And if they give it to their existing listing agents and that's what they do, but you know, but what if they don't and what if they hire you? So well, um, also, I'll do a lot. I want to be their number two. I mean, I do this, what I'm doing right now, I do all the time for folks that have never listed a deal with me. I know they even have a loyal relationship with somebody else, but if they call me enough times to ask for a favor, at some point there's a yeah, kind of a reciprocity, you know, just, and it may not be that person, but if you do that for enough people, it comes back around to you. So I, I want to be their number two. I'll tell people all the time. I just, you know, think of me as a resource. I know you use so-and-so, but if I can ever help you, even if you never list a deal with me, just think of me as a resource. I'm happy to be of help to you. Um, so I just want to be, you know, again, be the, the, the person they think of, even if they don't list it with me. Um, I, I love that. I love that. I just want to be your number two. Well, you definitely, you know, for anyone that doesn't know Barry or, or learned about Barry from me, you know, you're the top of mind guy for sure. So I'm going to address one of you asked, when did, when was the book published? And my friend, Carol uh, which, thank you, Carol, writes, the book was first published in 1936. Gosh, so that's, what, 90 years ago? Or, yeah, 80, 85 years ago, something like that. 
And she said, um, it was revised, this is so funny, it was revised in 1981, but two sections were omitted in that version. One was <laughs> how to have a happy marriage. Why do you think Karen <laughs> omitted, omitted that? Why do you think that? Hold on, hold on. Okay, now go ahead. Yeah. There was a lot of information that was kind of repetitive just about his people, um, people skills and basics, like what you've talked a little bit about. Um, but there was also a suggestion on reading a um, sexual self-help book or like, you know, a, um, uh, the intimacy part of marriage. And I don't oh. know, maybe I thought it was a little too racy. <laughs> yeah, not too racy for 1936. That's very funny. Okay. Yeah, it was okay in 36, but not in 81. Oh my gosh. Hilarious. <laughs> well, so then, you know, the then he goes through in the book, you know, he talks all two things that I, I loved a lot too knowing people's names, right? He, go, he, he does case study after case study after case study about this guy, that guy, or the other guy who was the king of remembering names. And I cannot tell you how many people will say to me, I'm bad at that. And I'm going, you're in sales, you need to get good at that. But I'm, and they, people just give up. I'm bad at that. And, you know, I'm not going to fix it. And, you know, it, it's so important. It's, you know, people, they said, I guess, I don't know, in the 30s or 40s, the telephone company did a survey of the number one most favorite used words, and it was I, right? I or their name. So uh, what do you guys think about that? Anyone want to admit on the call that they're not good at remembering people's names? Don't admit it. Anyone have any uh, tr tricks or tips on how to remember people's names? And you guys can just unmute yourself if you want to enjoy, you know, engage in the chat. Anybody have any tips? Justin, do you have any tips on how to remember people's names? Yeah, I would say, hi, what's your name? And they would say, my name is Beth. And I'd say, that's great. That's my name, too. And that way, the next time I see them, they go, hey, Beth. <laughs> do you do that? No, I'm just trying to stimulate the conversation. I was, uh, I had a, a Wall Street Journal um, reporter called me two days ago for, to, to uh, get quoted in an article and they emailed me and the name was A-I-S-H-A, A-I-S-H-A. So she's, you know, the phone rings and I say, this is Beth Azor and she said, hi, um, is this a good time to speak? And she didn't say, you know, hi, this is Aisha or hi, this is Aisha. So I said, oh, hi. I said, and I immediately said, um, I'm sorry, how do you pronounce your name? Is it Aisha? And she said, no, it's Aisha. I said, oh, okay, great. Oh, nice to meet you, Aisha. And she said, do you know that you're the first person that's ever asked me that? So she said, thank you so much. She goes, everyone assumes it's Aisha. So I was I thought about that when I was reading the book today. I do that like I do that all the time at ICSEs where people will say things really fast and then their name tag is turned around and I like I reach over and turn their name tag. I go I'm oh, I'm and I always blame my age like well I'm 59 and I you know I, I need I I, I I my hearing is not as good but I want to see if I can try to get the name so that while I'm talking to them at that moment I have their name. But, you know, I don't remember, there, there was one guy in the book that, that who was, I guess, the head of the Democratic Party and, and Dale Carnegie or whoever said, oh, you know, I hear that you know, that you know 20,000 people and their names. And the guy says, no, I, I know 50,000 people. And he went and got, you know, one of the, the next presidents elected, that he traveled the country and he was known. I mean, I think Bill Clinton, you know, people say that he was a phenomenal rememberer of people's names. So, um, any other, Greg, do you have a tip of remembering, or Barry, tips of? Uh, I mean, Kara mentioned it something a little bit similar in the chat, but I, I'll typically go, you know, or, you know, hi, Beth, it's great to meet you, Beth. And so if someone tells me, I, I, I will say the name twice and then try to do it a third time within the conversation so that yeah. um, obviously re repetition is key. Then, the, then the, the, another section in the book, he talks a lot about smiling. This is definitely something that I have to work on. Definitely. We got some definite feedback here. Who is that? 
Um, uh, definitely something I have to work on, you know, my kids all the time, or, you know, people go, you know, are you upset? And I realize that I'm like frowning because I'm thinking of something like I'm looking at a lease and I'm just really like very thoughtful and I've got this frowny face. So that's definitely something that I have to work on a lot that, and, and, um, he, but he goes on and on about, um, story after story of when someone, you know, just put it like a, a husband where every day his, he'd get up and go to the breakfast table and he would be Mr. Grump Grump. And he went to a Dale Carnegie class and he, one of the homework is for the next day, you know, pick one relationship where all you do is focus on smiling the whole time in the relationship. And the guy said it saved his marriage. So um, smiling is, you know, it, you, and I think, and he says, what do you, what do you do when you, don't feel like smiling. And I remember I used to work when I was at Terra Nova and I was the president and I was, you know, a lot of times had to deal with a bunch of crap and I would be storming down the hallway and Stephen, my partner pulled me into his office one day and he goes, I don't care. I don't care how you're feeling, but when you're out in the public with your employees, you need to fake it until you make it. And it's so true that if you start smiling, uh, there's something physiological that you will start feeling better. So, so, uh, but it's hard. It's hard when you're in the, in the middle of trying to solve a lot of problems to be thinking, I need to, uh, what does my face look like right now? Anyone have any tips on that? Anyone have any challenges with that? I, mean, I, I think smiling just even when you're not using, let's say like a video call, I think just trying to smile when you're on the phone, that, that expression comes through. It, I mean, you can tell if someone's smiling or is in a decent mood on the other side of the line. And conveying that persona, I think, is absolutely critical. And, you know, people will do business with people they like. That's just a fact. And if you become more likable, um, whether it be on the phone, in person, social media, whatever, you're going be, to benefit from it. And... Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to, to, to practice that, um, but keeping it top of mind, I think, is, is critical um, when you're working with that outside sales. What's, hap what's helping me right now is I love music. Love, love, love music. And I don't know why, but I'm on this Neil Diamond kick. Don't ask me why. And it was it's like three or four weeks ago, I, he just popped into my head and, you know, that song, you know, hands holding hands, <laughs> reaching out. And, and I've like posted that on social media. And then someone posted that Neil Diamond rewrote that song for COVID-19. It's hilarious. And, um, and then he's got the other one, Love on the Rocks. And I'm, re I'm singing Love on the Rocks. And as I'm, every line, I'm thinking of these national retailers who don't want to pay us rent. Love on the Rocks ain't no big surprise. I think I'm going to do a TikTok on that. But I love music and it really helps me make me smile. So even though my boys walk into the kitchen and oh my God, Neil Diamond. And like he really only has about five songs. So we keep listening to the same five Neil Diamond songs. And my boys are into rap. So they're just rolling their eyes. And at me but yeah whatever we can do to smile especially in times like this you know we got to do it we got to do it okay let me talk, talk about uh, another quote from the book um, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you so true right? Uh, I always say, people, I like to, I feel like I'm a private investigator, you know, because whenever I'm meeting, and especially a new tenant, and we're in the space, Kara's, Kara is like always rolling her eyes, because I'm asking them a 100 questions, and I'm, I'm trying to be casual about it, but it doesn't always come across casual, you know, like, and how did you start, and where did you get the idea? I'm really excited, my show, uh, have you guys heard I started a show last week uh, called Small Business Saturday Series. I want all of you all on your own marks to do this. So last week I interviewed one of my tenants, Caneswear, and tomorrow we have three, I have three interviews. I have uh, two of my tenants and then one prospect. And my goal will be to interview three small businesses on Instagram Live for 15 or 20 minutes um, every Saturday. 
and it, it will help promote their business. We'll talk about their re-grand opening plans. Um, Kara can call and prospect tenants and say, hey, do you wanna be on my boss's show to promote your business? So um, we're really excited. And I think you guys could do it in every one of your markets. So just to show, to, for you to see uh, what it's like, um, if you go to Caneswear, like Miami Hurricane, Caneswear, C-A-N-E-S-W-E-A-R, Kara, if you could write that. Um, I know it's on there. You, if you just Google Caneswear, you'll see a picture of me and the owner. Um, so we're going to try to put up a YouTube channel calling it Small Business Saturday Series, where we'll start collecting them. But, um, but interviewing, and I'm interviewing them, and I'm asking them, you know, were you an entrepreneur growing up? Were, were your parents entrepreneurs? You know, I, my favorite question is, I always say, do you know what, I said, asked him last week, do you know what canvassing is? Because, you know, all you guys say, a lot of leasing agents that don't like to canvas say to me, well, the tenants don't like when you go in. So I, I'm bound and determined in every interview, I'm gonna teach the tenants what canvassing is if they don't know. And then I'm going to ask them if they're okay with us leasing agents coming into their business. And I have a very, and usually smart mom and pop business people don't care because when they opened their first location, their dream, their American dream was to open more. And when we walk in, and we say that we've got shopping center space and we're interested in talking to them about expansion, uh, you know, we find 90% of the time they do want to talk to you. They, they just don't like talking to the cable guys or, you know, whatever the other, you know, the Comcast guys and the people that they're not interested in. So I'm going to get it on record that I have, you know, a hundred mom and pop tenants that say, that they would not mind if we canvassed them. And then I'm gonna put that in like a collage, a video collage, and then post that. Cause then there's no more excuses, right, Greg? No more excuses. None. What do you think about that, Tom? Tom's nodding. He likes it. He's nodding and he's smiling, but he can't unmute himself. Let me see if I can unmute you. Okay. okay. I think I did that. No, I, I like that. Yes. that's. That's the key is, you know, it helps build relationships and they'll remember, you know, you that you are the, you know, the person who came in and, you know, help them when they were first starting out, you know, and when a business is first starting, I think they get excited, you know, for anybody to walk through the door, maybe even the Comcast guy, you know, <laughs> they'll get them a cup of coffee or a bottle of water or whatever and, and thank them for coming into their hair salon or right. you know, their specialty store. So that, that is good. Have you yeah. read this book, Tom? I did about uh, probably about 12 years ago. I did. I, I found it very, very helpful uh, way back when. And I saw it on the book um, on the book club. And I said, no, I, I need a refresher on this. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to reread the book, but uh, definitely following along with my memory and, and what I'm able to take away from it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, someone said, how does it feel to be a Seminole and have Canesware as a tenant? Well, they're a phenomenal tenant because they are a destination. So he's, we're, we're about 30 miles from the campus and he did uh, in-store over a million dollars in-store and, and over a million online. So we, he brings a lot of traffic to the center. And I tell them, I say that I am a hurricane fan 364 days of the year because he pays rent. <laughs> uh, but one day a year, I'm not a fan, obviously. Um, okay, so uh, another quote that I wrote down from the book is, um, people rarely succeed unless they have fun in what they are doing. So the question is, are we all having, we're not having too much fun right now, but we can have fun, right? We can make it fun and we can be creative. Like I'm having so much fun. I had so much fun doing the interview last, last week and it was helping him, right? It was promoting his business, but also now as a platform, I was able to launch these other three tomorrow and one being a prospect that we are working with for one of our shopping centers. So um, anyone on the call, I know I've been talking about this uh, for the last week since I jumped, <laughs> jumped into hosting my own series. Anyone else going to try to do it that's on the call? Or how about anyone else doing something fun during this crazy time? Who is doing something that's fun in the business 
that is helping you have more fun than you know what we're probably doing you know most of the day which is not fun stuff and what i'm doing most of the days is whether it be phone calls emails social media whatever is just alert retailers about the the local ones about the potential um, the financial programs that are available out there I, mean, I know the federal one was extinguished a couple days ago but texas has and houston has a couple local ones that we keep we keep kind of flowing out to the to the market um so those are the converse those are just fun conversations to have and, and they they're recognizing um appreciating the help appreciating the direction that we're thinking about them and you know they're, they're they actually engage with conversations and ask like okay well what if i did this what if i do that because a lot of them just don't know and they're they're happy to have they're happy to learn that other people are thinking about them that they're not on this island all on all by themselves and that's been fun you know just having these conversations um, I, we had a tenant, not rocket science we had a tenant that couldn't literally she couldn't she had a hard time filling out the paperwork so josie jumped in and helped her and then and she was crying when she called and told me she couldn't fill out the paperwork and then we helped her and then she called me yesterday crying that she got denied oh my god that was a terrible conversation um so uh really tough stuff but um i just learned yesterday last night i was on a happy hour call and uh there's a company that is um a company in our business that is involved with the cities it's i think it's called retail strategies and they they help the cities attract retailers to their to the cities right and uh, Lacey Beasley, who is a leader in that company, told us that they found out because they're, they're literally, they literally have like 100 city contracts, that the federal government is giving each state $1.2 billion to distribute to the cities for small businesses. So I didn't know that, but Four days ago, I reached out to the two mayors of the two towns that I have my properties, and I said, hey, I, I <laughs> did a little fib. I said, hey, I hear that you guys are going to be creating task forces for the small businesses, and I want to raise my hand uh, to offer to volunteer to help. And they both are like, really? A task force? Question mark? Uh, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll check into that and get back to you. And both have since reached back out that yes, there are task forces being formed because of this money that's coming to them from the federal government. So if you are so inclined, um, you can get involved in a task force that you have a property in that market because I'm sure they're going to want to reach out to commercial real estate people, especially shopping center owners, to have some input because we have a different perspective than, you know, certainly the politicians, right? And the city managers. So hopefully they will take us up on that and bring some of us professionals in to help them uh, figure out what to do with that money. Were these the, were these the mayors? Were these the mayors or like city managers? For what, that who I reached out to? Yeah. So I reached out to the mayor of one city and I reached out to a council person of another city. And I okay. just said, hey, I hear that you guys are forming a task force to help small businesses. Is that true? If that's true, I'd love to participate. So I created that. I didn't hear that. And then they wrote back and both of them said, oh, that's interesting. Let, we'll, let, we're going to look into that and get back to you. Yeah, I've got, I'm, I'm going to, I will be sending three emails today with that information. And, and then the city manager, so I, the, the, the council, I, so for Davey, I did the council person and then she said, uh, she didn't respond. And then I sent one to the city manager. And then he said, I haven't heard about that. Let me get back to you. And then they both now, that was three or four days ago where I threw that out there. They've both now said, said, Hey, we're working on something. Stay tuned. And what happened between four days ago and today was I think they got the notice that they're getting this, you know, the states. So the state capitals are gonna get this money, I guess the governor's office, and now they have to figure out how to lobby for that money. And that's gonna be like a mess. But 
you know, so I, I don't know how it's all going to work, but yeah, if you guys are so inclined to volunteer, reach out to your cities, especially again, yeah, Greg, you have the mall in, you know, Houston or more four or five malls in Houston. You should be on the Houston task force for that money. Yeah. So interestingly enough, so Houston started a program, they, they launched a assistance program about a week ago and it was open to Harris County only, only businesses. And it was, it was kind of like a grant slash loan program. It was because of the overwhelming response, they had to shut down the portal in 20, under 24 hours. Wow. Um, now, Texas announced a similar program to the, PP, to the federal program and through Goldman Sachs, which was about $50 million for the state of Texas. Um, you know, I don't know if that's through this government grants or not, but um, in, I'm going to go connect with the city of Sugarland, the city of Humble, and, and you know, if I can get in touch with our mayor in Houston um, and to see what we can do. Because, yeah, I, I agree. That, that's a huge, I mean, that's a huge win if, we, if somebody, if anybody can get on those task force forces and, and, and kind of be that voice. Right. And so, so going back to the whole, the quote, the two, you know, two months to learn about them versus two years for them to learn about us. Right. My dad, my favorite quote, everyone, you know, I get interviewed sometimes and they go, what's your favorite quote? And growing up, my favorite quote was from my dad who said, God gave you two ears and one mouth. You need to listen more than you speak. And, uh, you know, Dale Carnegie talks a lot about the people who can be good listeners. You know, he tells story after story about how he's at a dinner party and he's talking to this botanist and at, for four hours. And at the end of the evening, the botanist goes to the hostess of the party and says, that Dale Carnegie, what a great conversationalist. <laughs> and he, like he said, I never said a word. Um, but, you know, people just loved to be in, listened to. And then I take it. And so how I want to relate this to our businesses and I, I teach about this all the time, and I literally have people looking at me with cross-eyes and not trusting this whatsoever, but I believe now in our world of the internet and social media, it's the best time to do some upfront research on the people we're meeting with, right? Whether it's recon, you know, any ICSE, we're showing space, we can do, we can, social stalk someone, meaning, you know, go to their website or go to their, their Facebook page, if they have one, Instagram, and find out. So one of the stories, I had a, a young woman, um, Allison Douglas, she was with Waterstone. She's not with them anymore. She was in Charlotte. And she called me and she said, I really want to get a meeting with floor, floor and decor at the Atlanta ICSC. And I saw on LinkedIn that you know Kevin. And I said, I do know Kevin. She goes, well, what can you tell me about that him? And I said, well, go to his Facebook page, check it out, and then call me back. So she did. And, um, and so, she's, and so we, we discussed how, and Barry Wolf will love this, he is a Georgia Bulldog. And he has a Bulldog, like a dog, Bulldog. And you know, he and his partner live in Atlanta and they garden and yada, yada, yada. So she learns all about him just from his Facebook page. And so uh, he, she calls him for a meeting. Now remember this girl is at the time not in the business more than three years. So she reaches out to get him an ICSE or like an Atlanta ICSE appointment. And he says, I'm not going to the show, but my office is in Atlanta. If you wanna come see me, you know, I'll set some time for you. So um, she, goes, she goes and sees him. So Kevin Workman, the, the real estate guy, sends me an email and, and he says, I met with one of your students today. And for any of you that have ever been in my workshop, I have this letter posted as part of the PowerPoint. She said, she, she was so impressive. She let my brokers know she was meeting with me. She came to my office, even though I wasn't gonna be at the show. She, we talked about, Bulldogs, real ones, and Georgia Bulldogs. She gave me, she, she said, we talked about dogs, real dogs and Georgia Bulldogs. She left me with a, she tried to give me a PetSmart gift certificate, which I couldn't accept, but I so appreciate the thought. Um, I'll always remember her investment 
of time trying to get to know me before our meeting. It, it rarely happens. And when I talk in my workshops or if I'm, you know, coaching someone and I tell them, you know, to do this, you know, people look at me cross-eyed because like they, they go, you know, how intrusive, how intrusive. And I'm, I'm, it's not intrusive. I mean, it's, you know, I like the, the person who chatted. I, I'm, I'm not sure even know. I have to go back to see in the chat. The person who chatted that said, how do you feel about having a tenant that's a hurricane and you're a Seminole? Who said that? I'm not, maybe it's my best friend. I don't, I didn't look to see who said that. I'm, gonna, I'm going back. But whoever said that, if they're not my best friend and they know I'm a Seminole, that's pretty impressive. And now I'm gonna know who it is because now, so, oh, here it is. So Michael Gilco. So Michael, are you on the phone? You're, you're, you're hiding. Can you, I'm gonna unmute you. You can stay hiding. So I'm trying to unmute you. We keep on. Okay, Michael, how do you know I'm a Seminole? Uh, you mentioned it yesterday on, on the webinar. We, I can't, we didn't hear that. Say it again. I'm sorry, uh, you mentioned it yesterday on the webinar. Okay, so, and do we know each other? Uh, no. So, I, now, guess what? I'm now going to know you. I just love that you said that and that you did that. Right? right. So, that's the point is you listen to people talking and then you address it later in a conversation and doesn't that set you apart from so many other people? And I, I'm, and I, I, I tell you that so many people look at me like, that, that's that, you know, what do you think about the privacy laws and, and you know, on and on and on. So who's got a thought about this? Anyone, jump in, unmute yourself and jump in. Hey, there you are, Michael. Who's got a thought about that? Someone does. I do. It's M. Hey, MJ. How are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? Tell Marty happy birthday last week. I will. Thank you. Um, everybody likes to feel um, like they say everyone likes um, to know your name. So why wouldn't you be flattered that someone knows something about you? It's called warm calling versus cold calling. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, like and I have this tell you if they're a private person, they'll tell you and you'll respect it and they'll respect that you respect it. It's pretty easy. Yeah, you know, I do you guys who knows on this call, MJ, you might know this. What are the first two questions when you show up in Vegas and at Recon, ICSE? What are the two, first two questions that 80% of everyone asks each other? Where are you staying? <laughs> and how many times have you been to the conference? That's nope. a that's one of them. But where are you staying is one. What's the other one? What do you do? Nope. Where are you from? Nope. How's the when show going for you? Nope. When did you get in? Yes. Where? So now, if we ever get back to recon. You are gonna make a mental note of this and you're gonna go, oh my gosh, she was so right. Where are you staying and when did you get in? It's the first two questions by 80% of people that you don't know. Now, if you know people and you're friends with them on social, the, you don't ask that. You go up to the person and say, oh my gosh, how's Mario's golf game? Everyone that follows me on social media asks about Mario's golf game. Now, isn't that way better than when you get in and where you stay? It, it, exactly what MJ said, it takes that relationship up to a different degree. Would you agree? Everyone's nodding. Is everyone nodding? Okay, uh, anyone else, has anyone else read, oh my gosh, it's 1219 already. Oh my gosh, we have one more minute. Who else has read the book Recently, has anyone read the book recently and wants to talk about their number one thing they liked about the book? Or this is, so I was just the cliff notes, right? Um, let me see, I had one. Knowledge is in power until it's applied. Obviously, we are all on multiple webinars. <laughs> we're learning, we're listening to podcasts, we're reading books. We're, we're gaining a lot of knowledge. 
So it's, it is overwhelming. And I would say that, you know, what I try to do when I go to conferences or if I listen to something motivational, I try to just pick one thing. What's one thing I'm going to act on? Because if we take three pages of notes, we're not going to do all of that. So just take one thing and apply it. Um, Jesse Itzler, anyone that does not follow him on Instagram or know who he is, follow him. J Josie and I saw him speak at the Grant Cardone conference in Miami last year, and Josie took one of his classes. A great guy. He's married to Sarah Blakely, who owns Spanx. And he has, what he does is he picks a word a month, or no, a new, a, a word a month, no, a, sorry, a new habit a month. And he says, I, I do one habit, one new habit a month. So like last month, I wanted to drink more water. And the month before that, I never wanted to be late for a meeting. And he goes, if I pick one new habit a month, after 21 days, it'll be a habit. And I'll have 12 new things that I, you know, have improved on, you know, over every year. So that is, you know, taking knowledge and then applying it, right? So I can't believe it's 1221. So, so for those of you that have not participated in the book clubs before, I promise to get everyone out in 50 minutes. I'm now breaking my promise. Uh, thank you guys for being here today. We do this every month. Next month was the War of Art. We have scrapped that and have exchanged it for Victor Frankl's Man Search for Meaning. I understand it's a very heavy book, but it has been recommended more times than not in my life and on this book club. And I thought, what a better way. Uh, and I've already, people are already texting me that they're halfway through it. I guess there's a piece at the end where he starts to talk about psychiatry. Well, we don't need to talk about that, but, um, but there are people are loving this book. So I don't even have the book yet. I'm going to get the book now that this one's behind us. And, um, and I hope to see you that's on May 14th. And then um, anyone that's on this call five years or less, join our freshman call tonight, today at four. We're meeting every Friday at four. And today we're doing hot seats. So we've got actually some people that we will, you know, help uh, give advice to individually. And, um, and, and then, you know, we've got a bunch of webinars. Hey, Mario, grab me my calendar over there, please. I'll share with you the webinar. It's right there, that one, the big one. We've got um, webinars next week that I'm going to tell you what they are. One is, I think, my toughest. Oh, thank you. You're my model. Uh, on Monday, it's um, staff productivity. So if you're a leader in your business, I'm going to give tips on how property managers and marketing people and leasing agents can be more productive while we're working from home. Uh, Tuesday is uh, my toughest deal ever. And... Um, yeah, I think those are the two big ones for next week. So I hope you're uh, having a great Friday. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being here, Greg. Thanks for participating, everyone. Love you guys. Mwah. Thanks, Beth. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.